So there you have it. You know, fans, there's nothing much I can say to add to that or add to what you're about to see, the, the post-match press conference. But let me say this. I've been in this sport for four years now, and I've seen different sides to many different athletes here on television and then in the arenas, maybe going home after the matches. You're going to take a look at a different side of the American Dream Dustin Rhodes that maybe that you've never seen before, but I have. It's a side of a man who has a tremendous amount of love for this sport and a tremendous amount of love for many fans. It's a man, Dusty Rhodes, is he at the crossroads? You may ask yourself that question when you take a look at this. Let's take a look, truly, what is a very emotional moment for the U.S. heavyweight champion. I want to take this opportunity to, to thank Jim Crocker Promotions and the wrestling world throughout in the National Wrestling Alliance for tonight with a, a big moment in Dusty Rhodes' life. I want to say one thing, first of all, at this uh, post-game thing here, that Lex Luger is probably the greatest athlete in this country. And the lessons that he learned tonight with Dusty Rhodes, the legend himself, will go down in history, and he will never make the mistakes again. Lex Luger will probably be unbeatable because as being in the ring on this occasion with him, he was at his best. He is a great, tremendous athlete. I'm as tired as I've ever been in 16 years of wrestling. I'm very tired. It comes time now to start thinking about laying this old body down. So I'm going to go home and think about it. And if Dusty Rose, the American Dream, has to retire in 1988, then I thank God for the relationship I've had with the public and with Jim Crockett Promotion. Thank you very much. And I understand you got that United States, United States heavyweight title belt around your waist now. Well, the United States Tag Team Champions being the All-American boys that they are, Dusty Rhodes, being the American dream that they are. They're the American dream to grow up looking good, grow up winning belts and titles and money. That's what the American dream is. And either one of them, beautiful Bobby or sweet Stan Dusty Rhodes, might just challenge you for that U.S. heavyweight belt that you got around your waist so proudly from Starcade. Beautiful Bobby, I think, would take it. Sweet Stan, I think, would take it. We might have to just flip a coin to see Dusty Rhodes, who gets the honor of whipping your you-know-what and taking that gold away from you. And Big Bubba Rogers, the only man in the world who can strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back and ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia. He's going to win the Bunkhouse Stampede, brother. South Connection, welcome to another episode of Territorial. I am your host, Sean Kidd. And tonight, as you heard at the top of the program, uh, you heard Dusty Rhodes uh, winning the United States title at Star Kid 87. And then the after part, you heard Jim Cornette 
um, talking about Dusty's win and his U.S. title. And you also heard about Dusty's possible retirement. Uh, this is an interesting feud. So if you just want to go back and kind of think through this one a little bit and think about 1987, 1987 was a really, really strange year as we headed into Starcade. Um, most notably, you had Ron Garvin win the world title back in September. Didn't really defend the title too much because they wanted to save it for the Starcade rematch. Uh, pretty non-traditional world champion Ron Garvin was just because he was a good chaser. Um, to quote somebody, uh, he was a good hand. But and probably honestly, he's one of my favorite all-time wrestlers just because he beats the shit out of you. But I don't think see a lot of people saw him as world champion material, and I think a lot of people were disappointed that he was getting a shot at Flair in '87. Um, on the flip side, though. Um, Lex Luger during the summer of 87 had won the United States title after joining the horsemen at the beginning of the year, defeating Nikita Koloff in a cage and immediately, almost immediately went into a feud with Dusty Rhodes for the U S title, um, that led to the cage match that you heard earlier that Dusty had won the U S title. And then they went into this whole thing around possible retirement. Dusty won the title. What's interesting, though, is if you really peel back the onion here, it, Dusty didn't really have a challenger. Um, Lex Luger, obviously, as they move forward, they were going to turn him face. He was going to feud with the Horsemen into December, into the Bunkhouse Stampedes, into January of 88. And Dusty really did not have a contender. Now, Larry Zabisco had come into the territory, but he was primarily going after Barry Wyndham's Western States Heritage title, which they start intermingling some of that because he challenges Dusty for the U.S. title um, during this feud. And I guess that was a chance for kind of Zabisco to go through his thing with Barry. And then he was going to move on to Dusty after that um, because Baby Doll was involved. And we'll talk about that as we go through tonight's show. But ultimately, Dusty had no challenger for the U.S. title. That made sense. Luger wasn't there. Um, Zabisco wasn't there. Um Rotundo uh, was coming into his own a little bit with Kevin Sullivan was going after Nikita's TV title. Um, there is one challenge they could have done that they bring into this feud later that we're going to talk about tonight. But ultimately, here we are. You know, Dusty has feuded with the Midnight Express on and off. Um, he most notably, uh, if you remember, the he did the gimmick with Magnum TA where they feuded with him uh, when they attacked Baby Doll. Um, they did the James Gang gimmick with the masks on. Um, so Dusty has kind of been here and there with the Midnight Express. However, it's never really been about a singles match between one of the two or the whatever. And so they go into this program where Dusty, primarily what they're advocating it for is Dusty would feud with beautiful Bobby Eaton. And what that leads to is basically a three-month feud, you could almost say, in some form or fashion between Bobby and Dusty. With a little bit of Stan Lane thrown into the mix, um, a little bit of Big Bubba thrown into the mix, and uh, a little bit of Dick Murdoch thrown into the mix, Nikita Koloff as well. So there's a lot that goes on into this feud. Um, and I remember it vividly because I remember coming out of Starcade 87, I was so excited. What are they going to do? Dusty won the U.S. title. Well, then they did the whole thing with Luger, which was cool, where it was a pretty badass angle, uh, where he actually turned on a horseman in the Buckhouse Stampede, most notably James J. Dillon, when... Uh, the horseman wanted uh, Luger to get out so JJ could have a shine. Well, Luger didn't do that, and he turned face. So I'm like, okay, well, we're obviously not going to get more Dusty versus Luger here. What are they going to do? And lo and behold, you heard at the beginning of the program, 
they're actually going to do a singles feud with Dusty and the Midnight Express, and it looks like it's going to be Bobby Eaton. So I thought that was all really, really cool. Um, so, again, no real feud for Dusty. He books himself to win the title. No real feud to go into. They got to heat up Zabisco for whatever reason, which, by the way, doesn't even end up working out, which we'll talk about here in a little bit as well. Um, but I also liked it to kind of threw the side tease into it of retirement. So we're going to go to – from here, we're going to go to uh, – December 5th, 1987, we're going to World Championship Wrestling. Um, both Midnight Express members wrestled a single match on that program. Uh, Stan, um, beating the best-known person on the, uh, of the two, and Kendall Wyndham, um, and they both won, but Lane didn't even win a pin, uh, but won by count-out due to a cornet racket shot. Uh, Dusty does do a promo, but the promo on this is for the Bunkhouse Stampede, so the impression is maybe... The Stampede is going to be his last run, but there's no real mention of the U.S. title. The way the commentary brought it up was uh, Dusty is committed to go through the Bunkhouse Stampede. So um, so Dusty has pretty much been absent since Starcade on TV for the most part, exception of the Bunkhouse Stampede matches and this promo. Uh, but his first live appearance uh, does not go well. Um, so first we're going to hear from Jim Cornette on the 1219 edition of WCW. Then we're going to go right into the 1226 Pro, where Dusty actually shows up live, and uh, this is where the feud really, really gets going. You know something everybody's talking about? Why has Jim Cornette been getting on Dusty Rhodes' case the past couple of weeks? Why are the Midnight Express wrestling and single matches? What the heck is going on in Denmark, brother? Well, let me tell you something. You see, Starcade 87, Dusty Rhodes starts flirting with the idea of retirement. Well, that gave my mother an inspiration, and she gave me an order, and that is... That the Cornette family name, revered though it is, can go down in history, best of all, by being the man who managed one of the men who put Dusty Rhodes out of the business, brother. And Dusty Rhodes, I know you, and I know that you would have never thought about retirement if you didn't have it in the back of your mind that you may be slipping just a little bit. You see, I'm going to state some plain facts. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. But you've been the world heavyweight champion three different times. You are the United States heavyweight champion. Every kind of title there is to be held, you had it. And for the past 16 years, every time it was a big match, every time it was some big money made, every time it was somebody anywhere in the world talking about professional wrestling, they were talking about Dusty Rhodes. He was right there. You've been the big deal for 16 years. But you see, let me tell you something, Dusty Rhodes. Muhammad Ali was the greatest for a long time. He was from Louisville, Kentucky, just like me. But you see, he thought he was the greatest about two or three fights longer than he actually was. And his brain's cottage cheese now, and he's talking like an idiot. And that's the same thing that can happen to you, Dutch Rock. Look at yourself in the mirror, you idiot. Look at yourself in a full-length mirror. Your knees are busted up. Your face is scarred. Your back hurts. It takes you an hour to go to sleep at night and a whole lot longer to get up in the morning. You are on the downhill slide, brother. You have seen your better days. And I know and I can feel in my heart that you're ready to be taken. Somebody's going to do it, and one of them that Jim Gordon manages is going to be the guy to take you out. And here might be two of them. Ladies and gentlemen, the U.S. Tag Team Champions, beautiful Bobby Ladies and gentlemen, with great pleasure, I present to you the living legend, the American dream, United States heavyweight champion, Dusty Rhodes. Well, let me tell you something, David. I had time to reflect think about Starcade 1987. There's seeds left unsold for Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. The United States heavyweight title now becomes so important to me. So in 1988, I'm going to dedicate the year to the wrestling fans. 
And Larry Zabisco, Bobby Eaton, Kelly Iron Anderson, anybody that wants a U.S. title, they need to get into it. Yeah. Hey, no, ain't no trouble, ain't no problem. Let's take a page out of your book, Rose. Let's stop BSing the people. Now everybody knows you're talking about retiring and talking about not retiring. It ain't going to be your decision. Your time has come. You are fixed to fall, brother. I just don't know who's going to do it. But I'll tell you this. You can look at yourself. Your face is busted up. Your knees are busted up. You won the U.S. title at Starcade and ain't defended it the once because you're scared that the guy out there has got your number and is going to take it. And you're so far behind in your precious bunkhouse stampede that you ain't never going to catch up. Somebody's going to take you, Rose, and it's going to be soon because your time has come. You got a mouthful of memories you can't back up anymore. And I just want one of my men to be the one to get the chance to take you out. Well, Terry, let me tell you something. I'm feeling pretty good tonight, that kid. You get one of them up there, let's see what they got. Either one of them. All right, Tony. The dream. He said, send them all up. Big Bubba. set up the feud um we've seen dusty and the midnights go at it quite a few times but uh to set it up as a singles feud here uh dusty's first appearance on tv the four-way attack uh, and then of course the key that gets involved so we are off to the races with this feud so we're going to go to world championship wrestling the same weekend uh 1226 of 87 the day after christmas um and we're going to listen to a promo uh from dusty and from nikita koloff um and then they have a big, big match tonight for the U.S. Tag Team titles. Uh, immediately, um, we have this air on the weekend, the attack on the syndicated show. And then this night on World Championship Wrestling, we get a U.S. Tag Team title match between the Superpowers and the Midnight Express, which is a really big-time main event to have here on TV the night after Christmas. So pretty badass. But uh, let's listen to that promo from Dusty and Nikita right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with us now, the Superpowers, Nikita Koloff, and the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. 
In just a little while, you've got that big tag team match. Well, you know, David, I got a couple things to say before we get into that right here. We're going to make history on television tonight. A few weeks have went by since Starcade 1987. A lot of things have happened to the total package. I went home myself, reevaluated the situation. There are a lot of seeds yet to be sown by Dusty Rose, the American Dream, dedicated in 1988 to defending his U.S. title against all comers throughout this country. There's no retirement in my mind. There's no laying this whole tired body down. There's only getting after it. I had to look at two things, family first, and then I had to look Nikita Koloff in the eye. He came to me at a time when I needed him. He became a close confidant of mine. Way before it was fashionable, right now in political world out there for Russia and America to get together to try to smooth things over. Nikita Koloff and Dusty Rhodes was doing it before it was fashionable. We were smoothing over the countries, the superpowers in this world. We were politically inclined to say, put everything aside, bring together two great countries and take a hold of this thing that we're going for. That's to be the best at what we can be. No man do I serve with any more pride, any more thing in my body than Nikita Koloff. No man has stood next to Dusty Rhodes like Nikita Koloff has, and I'd be damned now if I'm going to leave him out here by himself. Larry Zabisco, Bobby Eaton, Tony Blanchard, Ian Anderson, anybody that wants the U.S. title, going to get a shot in 1988 at Dusty Rose. And yes, we talk about the Stampede, the wild card. It happens to be me and Nikita against three of the baddest men in the world in Atlanta, Georgia, Jan Winter first. But let me tell you something. We both know emotionally what happens if it comes down to me and Nikita. That don't take away from the fact that we're going to be there going 110%. And one last thing before Nikita says anything to you, wrestling world, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, and Nikita Koloff are, before it was fashionable, the superpowers, baby. And that's what it's all about. Thank you, Dusty. I could not have a better partner than you. Now, I got two men I want to talk about, Michael Tunzo and Kevin Sullivan. You, I think, have made a big mistake, but you choose which side you want to be on. You choose. Now, you have to live with that, and I'm going to make you pay. Now, tonight, the thing most important to me and to my super partner tonight is the U.S. Detective title. I can think of nothing better than for the super partner at this time to be U.S. Detective champion. I have one belt. I have two belts. He has a belt. Two more. Two not hurt. Let's go for it. Let's do it. All right. Truly the superpowers, Nikita Koloff and Dusty Rose. We'll- and we are off to the races with uh, the setup for the main event tonight. Really good promo here. Uh, Dusty is always um, doing his best to form multiple angles with a bunch of different folks. Like he does, he said Tully, he said Arn. Um, but you know, the reality is he did not have anybody, which is why we're doing this feud now. Um, and he also confirmed me no retirement, and um, we're we're good to go. So Dusty will not be retiring. Also, now Nikita focusing. You already heard kind of a tidbit of Mike Rotundo and Kevin Sullivan. Uh, Makita, Makita has one more nemesis to be done with before he gets to them, which we will discuss a little bit later. But here we go. We go right into the Midnight Express versus the Superpowers U.S. Tag Team title match. Big time made event. Uh, Nikita even said at the end interview, uh, we have two titles. They have two titles. Uh, Jim Cornette introduces his team saying, if you see these men come down your chimney, start a fire quick. 
as he introduces him in I'd Express. Uh, I love the U.S. Tag Team title belts. Maybe my top five looking belts for me of all time. They're just so unique and so different in their design and the leather strapping. Just really, really cool looking titles. Um, as we said, two biggest singles chance versus top two tag team chance for the secondary tag team titles. The secondary tag titles for me were so unique uh, with the U.S. tag as WWF did not have um, them. But as a kid, I always thought about, man, if they had an intercontinental tag team title and I might have, spoiler alert, um, as a kid, I might have like created those in my head, uh, intercontinental uh, champion tag team titles, because at the time, WWF had a tag team depth to do it. So it made sense. But anyway, um, Bobby, to start the match, Bobby pops Dusty twice in the face and gets elbow in the face in retaliation. The faces double team the express after two Nikita hit tosses into two Dusty elbows. Dusty then goes after Bubba, but goes back in ring as JR calls out all the history between Bubba and Dusty. We get back from a break, and Dusty hits a double DDT to the Midnight Express. Bubba attacks Dusty outside, and then Stan Karate kicks him back in the ring. Bobby works Dusty over and distracts the ref, which allows Bubba and Stan to double team him. Rhodes hits a drop kick out of nowhere on Bobby, and you would imagine, yes, it looked like what would you expect on a Dusty Rhodes drop kick in 1988, but uh, I'm sorry, 19, uh, eight, not, still 1987, but about what you would expect, but give Dusty props for doing it. Wasn't probably easy for him to do. Uh, Nikita gets a tag in, walks in and flexes and looks scary and sticking his tongue out. And then he proceeds to hit the corner when Bobby ducks a charge. So really minimal impact there from the Nikita hot tag. Then Bobby hits the divorce court DDT on his arm and the express worked the arm for a very long time doing various arm holds to it. Uh, the divorce court DDT on, is one of my favorite moves by Bobby. It just looks so savage. Like it literally could snap your arm. Um, Bobby then hits another divorce court on him. Uh, Nikita uh, after a few, uh, few minutes of more arm hold, hits a sickle out of nowhere on Bobby and the Dusty tags, but Bobby knocks him down, goes to the top rope, and then this is a knee drop. Dusty gets a figure four. Nikita knocks Stan down. Uh, Jim runs in, and uh, Jim uh, runs in, Jim Cornette, and misses Dusty on a racket shot. Um, and then we'll go to the end of that match right now. So listen to this.
Nikita win by disqualification. Uh, the match itself, uh, Jim, Jim selling to the sleeper and post-match angle with Dusty sacrificing him for Nikita was really good stuff. Uh, we now have two attacks now uh, on Dusty that makes you believe he's probably in trouble. Uh, the express limb work in this was good, but it was very long. Uh, this is more about the end game angle, but still a really solid tag team match working around Nikita and Dusty. Nikita's obviously limited, and Dusty is at that point now in his career where he's limited and he's got to work a certain type of match, and Dusty's going to Dusty. But this went 20 minutes and two commercial breaks and three stars, and I really did enjoy the limb work. Uh, might not have been for everybody, but anytime I get a, a divorce court DDT, um, a hot ending, a really good angle at the end, really, really good stuff, so I went three stars. So that's going to take us to January 2nd, 1988. Uh, also World Championship Wrestling, and it's going to take us to a midnight. We're going to play two interviews for you. Um, we are going to uh, play the Midnight Express interview here, um, and then we're going to go for Bear. One of the best teams in the world, the United States Tag Team Champions, the Midnight Express. Give me your finger. Give me your finger. You feel any sweat right there? Feel it, boy. You feel any sweat? That ain't even work up a sweat. Let me tell you something. It's 1988. We got three New Year's resolutions. One is going to be Nikita Koloff. Every time we get Dusty Rhodes where we want him, he steps in. So Sweet Stan Lane is going to be the new World TV Champion, getting Nikita out of the way. Beautiful Bobby is going to be the new United States Heavyweight Champion. And then, number three, we're going to get Dusty Rhodes out of the way. Dusty, can you imagine that? Dusty Rhodes and then Nikita Koloff is the friend of a guy who's the son of a plumber. He helps him out. So in other words, to me, what you're saying to me is we got a son of a plumber and a guy who helps a plumber that makes him a plumber's helper, right? And we all know what a plumber's helper is, a wooden stick about that long with a big suction cup on the end of it. And every now and then you take it to the reading room and you manipulate it and it pulls the muck out. And that's exactly what you are, Nikita, you're muck. And when I get through with you, I'm going to reach up and pull that chain and flush you back to Russia. And let me tell you this, Dusty Rhodes, the most important reason, not the fame, not the money, there'd be a lot of that, not the prestige, we want to get rid of you, Dusty Rhodes, because we want to show everybody, regardless of popular opinion, all men are not created equal. Some men were born to be great and powerful, movers and shakers, rich and wealthy, and some people, Dusty Rhodes, were born to be the guy that digs the ditch. The guy that carts the garbage, the guy that always hopes for that big break and never gets it. That's your people, Dusty Rhodes. That's you. For 16 years, you've beaten the odds. You've made the money, you've gone the places and done the things and won the titles that a guy born in a poor dirt farm of Austin, Texas to, the, to a stinking plumber, a guy like that should never have attained fame. You beat the odds for 16 years. But Dusty Rhodes, those odds are catching up with you. These are the odds because these are the next men that are going to reign where you've reigned. We're going to get rid of you. We're going to take you out. We're going to get the fame, the money, the prestige. But more importantly, we're going to show all the blue-collar working-class trash that has worshipped you for 16 years that they haven't got a chance. They haven't got that one ray of hope. They haven't got that dream after all. The American dream is money. 
is power, is prestige, and is birthright. The American dream is not a stinking dirty son of a plumber or a guy that sticks one of those things in those porcelain things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> See you later. What a powerful promo here. Uh, these guys basically call him Akita and Dusty pieces of shit. Uh, the American dream is about family, prestige, and being rich and not being a plunger. Like, just really, just shitting, just shitting all over the common man. And what a great, just asshole he is. Um, just an amazing promo here on January 2nd, 1988, uh, World Championship Wrestling. And so we're going to go now to January 9th. Uh, I know I said we had two promos, but um, anyway, we're going to go to multiple promos, and I clipped them all together. We're going to go to the following week, uh, January 9th of uh, 1988. So remember, we just come off this promo where the Midnight Express just shit all over Dusty Rhodes um, and his father, but it gets worse on these series of January 9th, 88 uh, interviews you're about to hear. So uh, pay attention to these because these are some pretty all-time things as well. So give it a listen. What it says will put Dusty Rhodes out of professional wrestling sweet standing Let me ask you a question. Dusty Rhodes been making a lot of slurs about the Cornette family name, and Dusty Rhodes also said that his sister could whip me on any street in America. Well, let me tell you something, Dusty Rhodes. I've heard a lot about your sister. I know she's been on a lot of streets, so she knows them real well. As a matter of fact, they used to call Dusty's sister Federal Express. Did you know that? When she went out on a date, she absolutely positively had to be there overnight. But I want to talk about Dusty's whole family. I want to talk about his drunken old daddy. Down there in Austin, Texas, every Saturday night, Dusty Rhodes' father would go in the worst low-class redneck saloon in Austin, Texas, and there would be fighting, there would be swearing, there would be cussing, and a lot of hard drinking. And finally, he'd be able to drag Dusty's mother out of there. But you know something about Dusty's daddy? He was a successful businessman. As a matter of fact, before he was a plumber, he owned a shoe store. He owned a shoe store down there in Austin, Texas, and he did so good at it that to this day, every time the city of Austin, Texas thinks of black loafers, they think of Dusty's father. But let me tell you something, Dusty Rhodes, and I want you to listen real good. The Cornette family has long been regarded not only in Louisville, Kentucky, but all over the country, all over the world, as one of the finest families ever in this country. Beautiful Bobby Sweet Stan, they come from money, they come from power, they come from movers and shakers, they come from the upper crust. We are not riffraff, we're not rednecks, we're not farmers, and we're not plumber's sons like you. So don't you ever, ever dare make comments about the Cornette family, because brother, let me tell you something, we're going to take that into consideration. Just remember, your daddy spent his whole life in other people's toilets, and while he was out there with that plumber's helper, every delivery boy and out-of-work bum in Austin, Texas knew the color of your mama's bedroom. You remember that. More after this timeout, fans. It'll be on January 24th, a Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, at the Nassau Coliseum, Long Island, New York. It'll be in a cage. It'll be men in a cage going after the $1.5 million purse to become the third annual bunkhouse champion. To be eliminated, you got to be thrown over the top of the cage, onto the floor, or thrown out the door of the cage. There was one man who made it, who went all the way to the wild card spot, and is now in the championship of the Bunkhouse Stampede. We take you to the Omni in Atlanta on New Year's Day. The American Dream, Dusty Rose, in the cage against beautiful Bobby of the Midnight Express. These two men remain, David Crockett, and like we said, pull them over the top or out the door. That's right. You you got to remember, you can bring anything you want. It's inside the cage. No rules. Has to be a winner. 
Dusty Rhodes going into it. Had to win. Back was oh, up against the wall. That's right. He had to win that wild card spot to get into the buckhouse. There he and beautiful Bobby right there. And finally, it was Dusty Rhodes who won and will go to the Nassau Coliseum. Rhodes, who's in the finals of the Buckhouse Champion. Well, that's he did. The gift of Jim Crocker promotion wrestling throughout this country. Everybody's got me laid away. You know what I mean? Jim Cornette come out here, talk about my family, talk about my mother, talk about my sister, talk about me being a redneck. He forgot to talk about one thing real bad is Dusty Rhodes is the United States Heavyweight Champion. Committed in 1988 on defending that United States Heavyweight belt all over this country. Now he jumped on my super partner, Nikita Golov. Well, the Midnight Express on 5T, you know what I'm talking about? That's good. But they're jumping on the wrong people. And now Bounty is becoming from all over the country. On the 23rd in the Lakeland Civic Center, there's been a man paid $50,000 to take Dusty Rhodes out of wrestling. Everybody, you know, everybody talks a lot. You know, opinions are like honey. You know what I mean? Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. But my opinion is Dusty Rhodes in McAdream in 1988. It's going to be my finest year. And let me throw this into the hat, too. Being the United States Heavyweight Champion means one thing, baby. That means I'm in line for the world's heavyweight title. And I haven't mentioned Ric Flair for months and months because he has some real bad problems right now. And the problems in that hand is now Dusty Rose telling Ric Flair that now did in 1988, if it is my final triumphal tour, if it is... Dusty Rhodes, fucking like a monkey, really get down to the end. I'm looking for you too, baby. I'm looking for you. So make all them words. And Jim Carnett, you know, when I look at you, when I look at Jim Carnett, I see a, a real, if you will, feminine person. And when, when Dusty Rhodes goes out with the boys, I go out and have a little hooch and we go chasing women. When Jim Cornette goes out with the bar as well, I tell you, when he goes out with the bars, I'd hate to see what's happening, you know what I mean? So do be talking about my sister, cause my sister is 6'2", 250 pounds, and she'll jerk your neck off and ram a foot down your throat. So the Midnight Express now have to deal with Dusty Rose, the American Dream, and Nikita Kola in 1988. And the Nassau Coliseum, I plan on winning $500,000. I am the bull of the wood. I am the bull of the wood. And baby, 88's gonna be good to the American Dream Dusty Rhodes and wrestling in general. And when it's all over, Jim Carnett, go ask your mama. Say, mama, I've been stripped of all my clothes. Where'd I put my bra, baby? How much territory did those promos co cover? So basically, Cornette calling Dusty's mom and sister a whore. His dad is drunk. Cornette on an absolute another level as he puts over his upbringing. Uh, the color of your mama's bedroom comment was amazing. Uh, Dusty going over. Um, then you heard Dusty going over Bobby in the finals in the cage uh, for the bunkhouse stampede, which I don't really understand. I think they could have done better with that. If Bobby's going to this feud for the U.S. title, why did it have to be Bobby, the last one in the cage, to put Dusty over into the finals? Uh, the feud is heating up, uh, but Bobby's like a hundred other folks they could have used. They could have, 
you know, for all I care, they could have picked freaking uh, George South or somebody besides Bobby. Like, give Bobby some, like, cred or whatever going into this feud uh, before he uh, faces Dusty in a singles match. So, wasn't too happy about that. Then uh, then we had Dusty putting over the Midnight Express. It brings up, there's a bounty on his head. Uh, his comment about opinions are like Heine's. Then he again talks about the world title. Uh, then he talks about the bunkhouse stampede. Then he talks about this view. Then he talks about flair. Um, this is Dusty always having to have his hand in every pot. He just can't keep his hands into one place. And then Dusty uh, calling Jim basically uh, a homosexual and then insinuates that he's banging his mother. And let's not forget about his 6'2", 250-pound sister. So, my God. Some a lot of stuff in a 1988 promo that you would not hear in 2023, and just a lot of greatness in it, but also a lot of cringe stuff in it. But really, going for the gusto here as they heat up this feud, uh, as we build to an eventual Bobby versus Dusty match. Um, later on in that show, what's also interesting is Midnight Express won Tag Team of the Year, and Dusty won the Most Popular of the Year. Uh, so. Also, here's where we're going into our next kind of chapter of this feud. So you heard Dusty bring up a bounty on his head. Well, guess what? We are going to have an interview with Jim Cornette and one Dick Murdoch, who is going after this uh, $50,000 bounty on Dusty um, in a house show coming up. So uh, let's take a listen to this promo. Let me tell you something, Mr. Cornette. You just get on that telephone and you call Louisville and you tell your mama just to keep that money coming, buddy, you and you'll sleep very, very comfortably every night. Now, let's get one thing straight, Dusty Rhodes. You have made me one of the sickest individuals in the world today in the house standing back on that monitor. And I saw Dusty Rhodes receive that plaque of the greatest wrestler in 1987. Oh, I'd like to thank everyone else. The little Dusty Rhodes can make a dream. Well, let me tell you something, Dusty Rhodes. I have seen the people that love you. Uh, and I have also seen, as you know, ever since West Texas State University, your family. Now, I've never been out here and said anything about his dad, so I knew Oberto himself. 
He used to whistle while he was down there playing and all that stuff. He made him a good living every day for a job. And I know your mama had a lot of meals at your house. And I know your sister too, Dusty. And you weren't lying when you said she was 6'3 and 250 pounds because she is the only one in the world that has got bigger hog jaws than you. Now, Dusty, there's Ronnie Garvin. There's Barry Wyndham. There's Akita Koloff. All of these people are just like a thorn or a burn at the saddle. Pretty soon they start irritating you get just a little bit angry. But in Lakeland, Florida, Dusty Rhodes on the 24th, there's a cage match. And his mama has put $50,000 on your head. Now let me tell you something, Dusty. You stand up here and say, oh, everybody talks all this trash. Everybody does all this, all that. But well, we were team for nine years, Dusty Rhodes. And we were the greatest tag team combination for professional wrestling I've ever seen, including today. And you know, when I say something, I get the job that I do a job better than anyone, Dusty Rhodes. That's when we went to them saloons and cleaned them out. I was the first one to do the fighting. Like in Minnesota to fight. I jumped on the motorcycle gang, not you. I shot the side out for a bet over a six-pack, Dusty Rhodes. And when it comes to money, I don't leave the great state of Texas for any main reason. But money is a main object. Because they'll paint some of those world-class quarter horses I've got in Canyon, Texas. And $50,000 on the 23rd. Or land on the 24th, just another 25. I'm going to be a rich man, and when I go out with the boys, I don't drink a little bit of hooch, baby. I drink a whole bunch, and when I choose step, I choose step with all of them. And now, Cornette, the next time we go back to Texas, you're going to dress just a little bit different, buddy. Anything you want, Captain January 23rd, Lakeland, Florida, the beginning and the end of the Dusty Rhodes. I should have quit while my monkey was still funky to her, 1988. Can't really think of a better man to claim the bounty on Dusty. Former tag team partners, the Texas Outlaws, they've been tag teams for years. Dick Murdoch uh, in the 87 realm is really also one of my underrated favorites. Um, earlier in 87, uh, even in 87, 80, I'm going to go back to 87. I know we're in 88 now, but Murdoch injured Akita's neck earlier in 1987, which um, got him and Ivan Koloff stripped of the U.S. tag team titles, and it also got them kicked out of the Crockett Cup. So now here he is. He's with Cornette. He's going for the $50,000 bounty in a cage match, and Murdoch in his promo is absolutely fantastic. Uh, what they also do is they do a really great job of pimping shows locally on the 605 show. Um, it always made me want to go, uh, want to be where they were going to be. And I could never find the results until like two months later in PWI. So thank God for the internet now that I get to see results, but it wasn't the same. Um, back then there were house shows every night. Uh, they would pimp them on the weekend shows, syndication. They would pimp them on the Saturday night show. And you always wanted to know who had won because you might get the random, like little, like nugget thrown at you the following weekend or a couple weeks after of who won that match. But you ultimately had to wait for PWI because they would have the arena results in the back of their magazine. So basically you would have to wait. So I'm like, okay, they're going to have a $50,000 match with, uh, Dusty and Dick here. And I'm going to have to wait two fucking months to figure out who probably won the match. But, um, you could probably take a guess, uh, based as it plays out, but still, uh, I would have probably killed to watch a Murdoch versus Dusty match. They probably just beat the living shit out of each other. And I imagine there's a lot of blood. Um, so from there, we're going to go to, uh, 116.88. So we are going to, uh, a week later. And we are going to World Championship Wrestling. World Championship Wrestling has really been banging out these uh, main events. We already talked about our U.S. Tag Team title match earlier tonight. Uh, they would have a Ric Flair versus Michael P.S. Hayes World title match. So World Championship Wrestling in this time frame 
uh, was really navigating quite a few big main events and shows and draws. So tonight, though, the main event is Dick Murdoch versus Nikita Koloff for the TV title, which, again, I love. And I mentioned there earlier that Nikita had uh, one more uh, foe, former foe to go through to get to his match with Mike Rotundo, and this would be Dick Murdoch, who, like I said earlier, uh, back in April, dropped Nikita with a brain buster on a freaking concrete floor and injured him. Um, and announcers did a really good job in this, which I thought was great. They put Dick over as a bounty hunter. Uh, they bring up uh, Dick Murdoch breaking Dr. Death's arm uh, back in the summer, which was also another really cool angle. So what happened is um, after after the whole Nikita Murdoch thing played out, going through the Crockett Cup and everything, uh, Jim Crockett Promotions brought the UWF. Well, Murdoch was one of the ones that went over to the UWF, and in one of the top angles heading into the summer was he broke Dr. Death's arm, and so he and Eddie Gilbert would face a series of matches with uh, Dr. Death, what is Dr. Death team with Gordy. Uh, There's one from the Cap Center, which uh, I might have been at, uh, where you actually got to see Murdoch versus um, Dick Murdoch one on one. So we will cover that feud at some point. It's one of my favorite underrated feuds that most people don't talk about from 1987. It happened during bath season on the way to Dr. Death uh, challenging Big Bubba for the UWF titles, but he had Dick Murdoch as a stop. And uh, Dick Murdoch, 1987, very, very underrated, um, part of some really, really big moments. So it's cool to see him here back in 1988 kind of playing the same role as he goes after uh, Dusty Rhodes and his bounty, but facing his foe Nikita Koloff here tonight for the TV title. So let's talk about the match. So Dick beats up Nikita, then Nikita chokes him in the corner. Murdoch takes Nikita down and goes hard on wrenching Nikita's arm. Very similar to the last match we discussed with the superpowers and the Midnight Express. Um, Nikita comes back and pummels Dick in the corner and hits an elbow, but then he misses a second elbow. Um, and then Dick pulls his neck to the apron outside and elbows his neck. And then back in, he punches Nikita down and then starts biting him. Uh, we come back from commercial. Uh, there's a body slam by Nikita. Uh, Dick goes to the top rope and is thrown off. The crowd goes absolutely nuts as Nikita throttles him with punches and charging elbow in the corner. Uh, Dick ducks a sickle and Nikita accidentally clobbers the ref with it. Cornette is in the ring. He hits Nikita with the racket um, and Dick covers, but then another ref comes in and counts two. Then the Midnight Express come out, then Dusty and Wyndham are out. There's a neck breaker on Nikita for two. Uh, crowd is absolutely lit. You can barely hear anything that's going on here. Uh, it's just absolutely nuts. Uh, Dick is just beating a snot out of Nikita. Hits a power slam. Uh, Dick's nose is bleeding now at this point. There's a pile driver on Nikita for two. Um, there's a brain buster and the time runs out, but I'm going to let you listen to the end of this match because um, it's a little uh, batshit crazy and uh, pretty pretty great match here. And we'll talk about that uh, as we after you listen to the end of this match.
say about nobody, let me tell you something. You know, I've been with Dick Murdoch for a while now. And I've got to say that Dick Murdoch, without a doubt, is the crankiest, grumpiest, most disreputable, dishonorable, totally unreasonable person that I ever met in my life. He is the most miserable character I've ever seen. The worst human being I've ever met in my life. He don't get along with anybody. He don't agree with anybody. You can argue with this guy all day long. That's all he loves to do. You know that? And that's paid him enough money that he's just like a pussycat, brother. He's agreeable. He's easy to get along with. All you got to do is keep him happy with that money, brother. Dusty Rhodes, you were his best friend for a long time, and you know what Dick Murdoch will do for money. Nikita Koloff found out, as you saw earlier in the program, and there's going to be a lot of things changing. Dusty Rhodes, he's not interested in your title. Beautiful Bobby's going to be the one to take that. He's not interested in winning matches. He's only interested in getting the job done, and brother, nobody does a job like Dick Murdoch. And I'll tell you this, Dusty Rhodes, he's going to be the man to make me famous just long as I keep him happy. And Dick, you're going to get paid real well. You're going to be the happiest guy you ever dreamed to be. Just take care of Dusty Rhodes. You know, Mr. Jim Cornette, you know David Crockett, everybody standing out here are the toughest individuals in the world. Everybody out here can't be beat. Y'all sit there and give this. Y'all sit there and give that. Y'all sit there and give that. Hey, forget about leverage. Hey, forget about ability. Hey, forget about agility. I'm going to tell you one thing. It takes a good man to beat him, but it don't take him long. Now, Jim Cornette, you hit the nail right on the head. Money is a main object. And I don't know, David, if the end of your hands, you've got folks going to fight to keep him in line to get rid of the Nikita Koloff in his mobile match. Or come Tampa, Florida, Lakeland, Florida, 23rd, in a cage match with the American Dream Dusty Road. I know that place is going to be packed because those people down there in Florida, they know that there's going to be some faces stuck in a cage. They know there's going to be a whole bunch of hide ripped off. They know there's going to be teeth knocked out. But there's one thing about it, Dusty Rhodes. I got the face only a mother can love. And I'm not definitely afraid of you. And you're not afraid of me. Nikita Koloff, man, you're going to have some tough, tough battles. You're a great, tough individual. Bodyguard, I'm not going to get you. It's going to be a big thing. And they were talking. I'm not just brave much of you. And do the whole rest of the world a big favor. Hey, I think my mother paid double if he do that to you, you goof. So the match, uh, Again, Murdoch is really, really good as the stiff asshole, just beating the fuck out of people. Um, really great heat post angle. They went to a time limit draw. Um, and again, it continued to sell Bobby versus Dusty as they went into the post-match uh, attack and heat. This has been a lot of build, a lot of build, a lot of build. Uh, and we haven't gotten to the match yet. Uh, perfect role for Murdoch. Uh, then at the end, you get the uh, promo between Jim and Dick Murdoch selling the match they have coming up in Lakeland. Just amazing shit. Um, I really wish I could have gone and see this match, but I went three stars on this, uh, mostly because, uh, I mean, listen, here's the deal. You get a dusty beat down. You get Dick kicking ass. Um, you get Nikita holding on. The last five minutes of this match was so hot. Uh, it wasn't even funny. And then, again, I love Dick. And he and Harley Race are two hosses I've grown to love over the last few years. They're very similar in how they just stiff you, go after you, and they're relentless in just great heel heat. So three stars on this one. Um, Dick really, really carried Nikita to an amazing match. Um, the last five minutes, particularly, if you ever watch this match, the last five minutes are probably some all-time great. Just Nikita as the face in peril, and Dick just as just a mean, mean a prick. And then, of course, uh, we talked about the post-match promo there. So here's how that ended. So on January 23rd, 
that was the match uh, date between Murdoch and Dusty. Dusty beat Murdoch. So Dusty makes it through Murdoch. And then to kind of uh, wrap things up on the Bunkhouse Stampede on January 24th at the Bunkhouse Stampede pay-per-view, Dusty won the pay, uh, the Stampede, and Bobby and Nikita Koloff went to a TV time limit draw, um, which was kind of a slog of a match. But they went to TV for the TV title. They went to a time limit draw. So Bobby did get a um, title shot, uh, but it was against the TV champion. Not sure why Stan Lane wasn't in that. Um, there could have been something correlating with that because during the whole time this was going on, they were speaking to maybe Stan Lane would go after um, – Nikita, which would have been cool to see as the one-off to keep Bobby primary on Dusty, but at least it didn't lose to Nikita. So Dusty beat Murdoch. Then he won the Bunkhouse Stampede, and Bobby went to a time limit draw with Nikita. Um, and then to close this out on Nikita Koloff, uh, two days after the Bunkhouse Stampede, he did lose his TV title to Mike Rotunda, which was a real shocker at the time, but that's another story for another day. So here we are, finally, after two months of build, we are in February. And what happens here is very unexpected. It's like, oh, man, are we ever going to get to this Dusty versus Bobby situation? We've had one-off matches here, tag team matches, but we haven't had a singles match. Well, guess what, guys? Here on Syndicated TV, uh, between Bobby and Dusty for the U.S. title, we are going to get three matches uh, for the U.S. title that will close this uh, out once and for all. So the first match is on Worldwide Wrestling, and it is on February 6, 1988. So at the start of the match, the announcers discuss an envelope that may have Dusty distracted. That envelope was an angle that never paid off with Baby Doll returning, managing Larry Zbysko, uh, which I talked about earlier. They were building heat for Larry Zbysko. All, by the way, Larry Zbysko um, at the Bunkhouse Stampede pay-per-view also beat Barry Wyndham for the Western States title. So now he's targeting Dusty. And Baby Doll had come out with this envelope, showed it to Dusty, and Dusty looked all concerned and then walked away. Um, it's, a, it's again, probably a feud we'll cover again another day, um, especially with Larry and uh, Barry Wyndham going for the Western States title. Uh, but I liked how they worked him into it. Uh, but the Larry Z and Dusty feud never went anywhere um, because basically Baby Doll uh, left a promotion and left Larry high and dry. So uh, the rumor was in the envelope, uh, just to kind of get that out there now before we talk about the match, uh, the rumor was that they had, they wanted to insinuate that they had Dusty in some kind of sexual innuendo situation. But I think the reality of the situation was, um, I think in the end game, most people guessed that it was probably Dusty as the Midnight Rider and she was going to expose him as the Midnight Rider. But we never know. Uh, I don't think they ever played that angle out. You never really hear any interviews where they really gave a concrete answer on what that was. So, But that would be what they expected. So anyway, let's get back to our first match between Dusty and Bobby. So. Um, Dusty throws Bobby into the ring post and then hit tosses Bobby on the concrete, which is pretty savage looking uh, back in the day. Bobby's sick thuds. Uh, Dusty has some big lefts and double fists to the head. Then there's an elbow to the knee. Uh, Jim Cornette gets on an apron and distracts the ref, allowing Bobby to hit Dusty in the gut with the racket. Dusty falls outside and Bobby works uh, works uh, works uh, the left leg around the guardrail. Uh, then there's a chair to Dusty's thigh. The ref keeps getting distracted and Bobby keeps hitting Dusty with the racket. Of course, ref is legendary. Uh, ref of the year who, um, if you listen to my pod, NWA Crock and Roll, uh, Tommy Young, who, again, they book like an idiot ref, uh, just too much. It just comes up too much um, that he's just blind and clueless to whatever the freaking heels are always doing, and it drives me nuts. But anyway, Dusty hits Bobby with a sick DDT on a concrete that smacks really hard. Uh, Bobby was up too fast, though, on the cell. 
uh, but it did sound really awesome. Back in the ring, Dusty hits a suplex and then misses an elbow, and then Bobby goes back to the leg. He dra- drapes the leg on a rope and jumps down on it. Dusty gets back in control. There's a hip toss and a drop kick. Then they hit heads and collide in the ring, and I'll let that play out the rest of the match for you. Dusty wins with the Nux, but then Tommy catches the Nux, um, and Dusty is disqualified. Uh, Dusty then attacks Jim, and then he stomps his glasses. Post-match is hilarious. Uh, Cornette, with his post-match whining, literally veins popping out of his head. Looked like he was going to have a stroke And the promo. Uh, he literally strokes out hard and demands a match for next week. Uh, so this was really great, fun, syndicated stuff. Uh, I went two and a half on this. Uh, really cool to finally get a match between these two. And the fact that at the time you thought this was going to be the match, but then 
they sell you on, hey, we're going to do another one next week, which is great. So two and a half. So that's going to take us to the following week, 213.88, and Ms. Dusty versus Bobby for the U.S. title again in a rematch. Uh, this time it is no DQ. So Bobby immediately tumbles outside when Dusty moves, and they go to war trading punches on the floor. Dusty again hits the spot with the hip toss on the concrete. Dusty blocks on Bobby, run to turnbuckle from apron, and runs to the other side and throws Bobby into the post. Uh, double fist to the face, and Bobby goes down. Back outside, Bobby gets backdropped again on the concrete. Uh, again, uh, between the hit toss in the first match, the second hit toss, and now this backdrop on the concrete, uh, Bobby is a freaking bump machine. Uh, Bobby gets the racket, and here we go with the legwork. Uh, Bobby goes up top, hits an absolutely sick, high, amazing height Alabama jam on Dusty. Uh, he goes back up top, but again, uh, Dusty, not a lot of selling, man. This is what I'm saying. I'm not feeling the selling on these. Uh, Dusty nails him. The crowd goes deafening. There's an elbow and a figure four. Um, but Dusty is by the ropes, and Cornette hits him in the face from the outside. Bobby goes up top again and gets tossed off. Uh, then Dusty goes up top. There's a body pressed, but Cornette pulls Young out at the two count. And then Dusty goes out and elbows Jim. Bobby does a sliding drop kick uh, from the inside, which you very rarely saw back in those days where he comes across the ring and slides in. Uh, does the drop kick uh, from the inside on Dusty. Dusty goes down. He then goes, grabs a chair, and clobbers Dusty with it outside. Dusty is counted out. Um, so at this point, we have two wins in a row, but hold on a second. Jim gets the belt to Bobby and puts it around his waist like he wins, but and as the scre announcer scream, well, you don't win on a count out. But then Dusty rolls Bobby up and gets a three count when Bobby already won. And Dusty, and even Tony, calls out, well, what kind of bullshit is going on here? And so fuck Tommy Young. So technically, Bobby had already won, but then... Tommy Young counted the three counts. So I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, Dusty was champ. Uh, basically, that's, that's all he has to say. So that's what Tommy Young said. They asked him about it. He goes, Dusty's champ. That's all I have to say. So fuck you, Tommy Young. Uh, this match was like seven minutes. Uh, just pure fun with both men shining until the BS win. Uh, it should have just been Bobby. Um, let these two have a match. Uh, let Bobby win on the count out. Um, and then it could have gone into a rubber match, but classic case of dusty booking fatigue on that ending, but still, uh, two and a half stars, uh, really, really good, um, stuff there. So let's go to, um, the third match. And this is on December 27th, 1988. This will be the final match and the rubber match between these two. And this is a cage match, which makes total sense. You know, if you think about it, the end game, it took two months to get us to, well, not two months exactly, but almost a month and a half to get to the first match between these two. But here we are on the third match, the rubber match, after build, after build, after build, and it's going to be a cage match. And these are how matches are supposed to end, and this is how feuds are supposed to end in these type of matches. Um, Tabby Young is not the ref. Thank God. Uh, but anyway, we start the match. Dusty goes to town on Bobby and throws him in the cage before the ring announcing is even done. Bobby retaliates with punches of his own. Dusty throws Bobby back into the cage again on a charge. They pimp another cage match for next week. And like I said, I brought up that W the 
NWA has been doing amazing work on some of the main events they've been putting on their syndicated shows and on World Championship Wrestling. Uh, the cage match they pin for next week is Ole Anderson and Lex Luger, the two former horsemen versus Tully and Flair. So talk about hooking me. Um, again, another hot angle at the time with Luger face turn. But anyway, we go back to Dusty uh, works the leg and punches to Bobby. Bobby pulls something from his tights and rubs some dusty eyes. They go to top of the cage and Bobby dangles over the top. Cornette gives Bobby a racket from below and he hits Dusty with it on top of the cage. Bobby uh, drops the elbow from the top of the cage. Um, Jim, uh, quite vocal in this one, uh, yelling and screaming. Bobby runs object from his tights into Dusty's um, face again, and then multiple shots to Dusty with the racket. Uh, Bobby works his arm, and then Bobby throws Dusty in the cage uh, and face rakes him and bites him. Then another racket to the head, punches to the head. Um, Dusty starts hawking up and starts to dance around Bobby and kicks him into balls. Um, and then we'll go to the end of the match. Elbow on top of the head. Bobby goes for the eyes. Get up there! He's going up. Dusty, Dusty was waiting for him just like a cat. Dusty waited for him to get up and look at Dusty going after him. Here comes Bobby. Bobby's going up. I'm not so sure if Bobby's trying to get out of the way. Dusty Rhodes wins the rubber match, and this will officially end the feud. Uh, so basically, if, in case the audio is hard to hear, but basically Bobby went up top uh, to the cage, and Dusty threw him off the top of the cage, and then came off the top rope of his own for an elbow to the head for the three count. Uh, I'll be honest with you, the third one never really got going for me. It felt very house showish. Uh, the racket stuff got old because you saw it in the other two matches, and both seemed to kind of be in slow-mo a bit versus the first two, which kind of sucks um, because as this is the blow-off of the feud. So I really did enjoy the first two i probably have to pick the first match as my favorite due to the tommy young bullshit uh in the second one and then the third one like i said uh not really at a level that i was looking for in this match but it was syndicated tv it was a cage match and you can't complain about something like that on free tv three weeks in a row um so that officially ends the feud so dusty Rhodes versus bobby eaton for the u.s title was a mini feud they did for uh three months until they figured out what they were going to do with dusty so let's talk about what happens um, after this feud as we head into 88. I'm just going to give you the top line kind of scenario of what happens here. So Dusty uh, begins this feud with Larry Zabisco and Baby Doll. Uh, but as I said, that goes nowhere because Baby Doll ends up leaving and the whole envelope thing goes to shit and you never find out what happens. But what happens is in March, uh, literally a few weeks after this match, Dusty is stripped of his U.S. title because he attacks the horsemen and because they go after a um, hurt 
Magnum TA, obviously, is particularly Tully, and he knocks Jim Crockett uh, down uh, and injures Jim Crockett. So Dusty is stripped of the U.S. title. Uh, and so then uh, he does re- he is a six-man champion. They lose the powers of pain. Uh, the Road Warriors and him lose it to Power of Pain and Ivan, but they regain it. Then he goes straight into the Barry Wyndham feud on his face turn. Uh, then he has Garvin he's supposed to feud with when Ron Garvin cost him the U.S. title at the American Bash. And then the end of 88, obviously, he's fired after the Road Warrior incident um, with the eye on TBS and the rest is history as the real end of an era with him leaving in 1988. Um, and I'm sure we'll cover some of those feuds down the road, but Dusty was very if you really think about it, he had this feud, then he went to Larry, that went nowhere. Uh, he had a six-man feud, uh, then he had the Barry feud, then the Garvin one, it never worked out, then he transitioned to the Road Warriors. Very Dusty's booking was all over the place in 1988, um, and this kind of showed it. As far as the Midnight Express, uh, they almost immediately moved into a feud with the Fantastics over the U.S. Tag Team titles. Um, so they had a nice back and forth series there um, as they were brought into the territory, um, almost the same as the Rock and Roll Express were transitioning out. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express um, were there for a little while. They feed it with the sheep herders, but the Fantastics and the Midnight Express have a very storied tag team feud going back to world class. So they've they've wrestled each other a million times over the years, and it's cool to see them here in Crockett. Uh, but uh, then they would go into... Then they would go into their feud with the Horsemen in September, and they would win the tag team titles from Tully and Arn, who were on their way out of the promotion to go be the Brainbusters. But then they immediately lost those uh, titles to a newly formed heel team, Road Warriors. Uh, and then towards the end of the year, the original Midnight Express, managed by Paulie Dangerously, uh, Randy Rose and Dennis Condry came in, and then that feud took off. So both these sets, Bobby and Dusty, had a very big uh very busy rest of the year. So it feels like they were kind of in a holding pattern until they really figured out the book and what they were going to do. But it was really cool to see both of these um, guys go at it. Um, I really enjoyed the mini feud at first of really two. If you think about the course of history, probably two spotlighted Bobby singles run uh, this one, not as highlighted, um, but I enjoyed it. And that's why I wanted to do it tonight for this episode of territorial. Um, his second singles run probably more predominant as he chases Arn Anderson uh, for the TV title into 91. And then actually has a two out of three falls match with Ric Flair at one of the clash of the champions in 91. But that is also um, a feud that we will cover um, at another time. So uh, Bobby Eaton and Dusty Rhodes, uh, that closes us out on tonight's territorial. So I hope you enjoyed this walk kind of down memory lane. This one for me was a big one. Um, I'd like to focus on the feuds that were probably really well known, but I also like to take us back to some of those that for me, from my childhood resonated with me that you never hear anybody talk about. And I feel like this one probably blended in a little too much, probably because uh, in 86, uh, Bobby and Dusty feuded uh, with Magnum TA uh, as his partner in America's team and the James gang. And then uh, obviously Bobby was with Condry and Cornette and they had the Bash series. And um, I think this one probably got lost a little bit in the shuffle uh, in that, but it's still really good. Um, <clears throat> I would go out of way to kind of watch all of this. Um, you can find all this material on YouTube, by the way. Um, I do have all these in my own personal playlist, but this was really good. So with that, uh, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode of Territorial, and we will be back uh, soon with another great feud, great moment in time for the territories uh, that we will go down and do a history lane tour of. So until then, have a good night, everybody. Till you've been beside a man 
don't know what he wants You don't know if he cries at night You don't know if he don't When nothing comes easy Old nightmares are real Until you've been beside a man don't know how he feels Once inside a woman's heart A man must keep his head Heaven opens up the door Where angels fear to tread Some men go crazy some men go slow Some men go just where they want Some men never go Out of me. 